Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. But we want to talk today about the present, the gift of God. It is a gift, life. We're grateful for that, aren't we? But we tend to be overwhelmed by the present sometimes, aren't we? The circumstances that come our way, we'd all love to have things just constantly go well for us from moment to moment, but they just don't, do they? We get those curveballs. Sometimes what is happening right now can be so overwhelming. You may be even that in that situation today. But how we handle our current events determines our level of trust and our eventual peace. So what ruins our present? What are the things that come our way that <clears throat> tend to rob us of the joy, our connection with God, that cause us to retreat like Eben in our story? Well, we have some things I call spiritual parasites. They're the things that come into our life that rob us. And I'm going to share them with you real quickly. Number one is worry. Worry. Worry steals my enjoyment of the present. It steals <clears throat> when we think of constantly our, the safety of our children, our personal health, our provisions, how God is going to take care of us. It's easy to sneak into our life, isn't it? The scripture tells us, Jesus said, look, when the, the disciples began to ask him about that, because they, they were just saying, you know, Jesus, you seem to be without any care. And you seem to be able to go from community to community, and you seem to walk in this real sense of, of just knowing that your father is going to provide for you. They had a difficult time with that, as any of us would. And so he just said, look, don't you know that my father knows what you need before you even ask? He says, don't you know that he knows, he, he knows how many hairs you have on your head or, or the lack thereof, right? He knows everything about us, inside and out, and what we need. So he was trying to communicate to them, look, in the context of the universe, God knows you. But worry, a very human thing, something that came into the lives of, of, of every human being when, uh, from the fall, is now a parasite. It robs us. It robs us of our joy, doesn't it? It can come sneaking in, and, and you're sitting there. You're, maybe you're sitting there in your easy chair, or you're out raking the leaves in the yard, or you're driving to work. And all of a sudden, these things begin, the what-ifs start to come. You know all about those what-ifs, don't you? What if? And so we get into what I call a shadow boxing match with these worries. Because really, I call them shadows because they haven't even happened yet. They're things that, that we involve, we get our soul so out of rest. And so it's like a parasite that comes and attaches itself to us, kind of the back of our neck that's just robbing us of joy, robbing us of joy. It's worry. Another spiritual parasite is fear. Fear of people. Fear of intimacy. The fear of sudden disaster. Of course, that connects with, with, uh, with worry as well. But fear, we go from worry to something that's a little more paralyzing. Okay? The fear of darkness, the fear of germs. Or like Charlie Brown, remember Lucy told him he was a pantophobe. The fear of everything. Remember that? 
And then, of course, uh, what is it? Panthero- uh, pantherophobia. Pantherophobia, the fear of your mother-in-law. How about that one? I didn't know that one actually existed. <laughs> Thank God I don't have that one, honey. But fears, you know, matter of fact, I looked it up, in the script, uh, looked it up on the Internet. Good night. Hundreds of phobias. It's amazing. And, of course, the whole thing, it wasn't a Christian website, and it said, if you can identify, it's like what Lucy said, if you can identify it, you can deal with it. And I said, no. Just because you identify it, what I have found is the moment you identify it, there's 10 more connected to it. It just gets worse. So I didn't believe that website at all. The truth is fear can be debilitating. It can shut us down. It, can, it, can re- it, it absolutely can destroy our present. We can't enjoy what God has given us. And so it can come in. And, and really, I believe this fear is, is and, and I'll just speak it plain here, I think fear is the complete converse, the complete opposite of faith. Okay? If we're not believing God, then it's probably true that we're retreating into fear and doubt. And it's not just a static place. It's actually destroying us. It's taking our peace. It's removing <clears throat> it's going after the words of God. And not to rebuke anyone or, or to embarrass you or do anything, but if you, if you experience fears, you need to understand that this is connected directly to your trust in God. Okay? It is another parasite that is removing the promises of God. And we'll get to the solution here in just a bit. But that's another parasite, is fear. Another one here is anger. Anger. Anger is a terrible parasite, isn't it? When we become frustrated, we can lose our cool, lose our temper. Anger can ruin, can ruin the moment. Oh, man. I could tell you a story or two, but I won't. Uh, because anger is something very personal, isn't it? it and when we, get, when we give into anger, I mean, worry, we can sit down and talk with someone. We can even talk sometimes about the fears that we have. But anger is one of those kind of things that leaves a real mess in its wake. And uh, it's one of those things that you might even, you can only tell your best friend or your spouse of something that you did, you know, where you turn out. And, and I'll tell you a quick story. I was, I was getting up in the morning, and I had an appointment with a contractor for the church building. We were doing something. I forgot what it was. I remember, I'm going, oh, I'm going to be late. Doggone it. And, of course, when you're, when you're late, what do you do? You drive fast. You're going to go a little, you know, you're thinking, well, I can borrow from, you know, doing, breaking one rule to see if I can't, you know, not violate another. Didn't want to make the guy feel like I was a bum, so let's just go out and, you know, terrify a bunch of people, you know, speeding around him, Right? So I'm going down the road, and, uh, and I get behind this guy in a truck. And I'm just, he's going real slow, man. He's just looking out the window, enjoying the view. And I'm like, stop it! I've got to get, I'm can't, trying to pass him, can't pass him. So I'm running up behind him, kind of trying to encourage him to go a little faster. That didn't work. That never works. And uh, so I'm just like, man, this is driving me crazy. So he's right behind me constantly. I can't, can't I mean, and I begin to realize, man, there's, uh-oh, there's, there's something divine in this. So he turns down, he goes down Skybo Road where I've got to go, and he's in my way. And he turns on Cliffdale Road, and then I begin to think, hmm, I wonder if this is the guy I'm supposed to be meeting with. <laughs> and sure enough, I've made a complete fool of myself for three quarters of the time. 
Yeah, we get closer to the church building. He turns on the right blinker signal as I put on my right blinker signal and go, dear God in heaven, no. Sure enough, he pulls in and I'm thinking, do I pull beside him? No, I can't do that. So I pull off somewhere else. <laughs> so I pull off, you know, behind the building somewhere. And, uh, but he's got me, man. He's got me. And so I come around the corner. He's looking at me. Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, did I bring it up? No, 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 no. I didn't bring it up. But sometimes anger. Oh, my gosh. Can it be an embarrassing thing? And we all struggle with it. There's none of us that's, that's perfect. Anger can ruin the moment. You're on your... You're on your anniversary, you've got your kid's birthday party, you're at a football game, a soccer game, and oh my gosh, I don't know how many times I'd be at a soccer game or a baseball game with Tate, and my children know that, oh my gosh, I mean, we had people, the parents, am I not telling the truth, Andrea, the parents on our baseball team, they knew that I was a mild-mannered pastor, but when I showed up for these games, they wondered if I was even saved. And my kids still have funny stories to tell. But anyway, anger can be a mess. It can make a mess. This brother over here knows. (laughs) It can can eat you alive. Walking in peace and trust is the solution. But boy, it can be hard when you're you're tired and you're hungry. Yeah? When I went to college, I told the guys that I went to school with, because we had a big old dorm, I said, look, let me just make something straight up right now, guys. I said, don't mess with my food. Do not mess with my sleep. I said, anything else you can mess with, but you mess with those two things, I said, I will hurt you. And I got the message. But anyway, anger. It can eat us alive, can it? It's another parasite. And if we give into it, 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 it can get, again, it can ruin the moment. It can steal our peace. And the next thing you know, we're just kind of standing there just feeling like, man, what have I done? Lord, help us. And then the fourth one here is temptation. Temptation. Wow. Temptation can ruin our present too, can it? Everything's going fine. You're feeling great. Everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, something comes your way, a temptation. Well, it can connect to the other parasites. You can be tempted to be angry, tempted to want to speak about someone badly, letting your language go in the wrong direction. Temptation to lust. Temptation to steal time, steal you know, literally, you know, at at a store to try to switch tags. I mean, it's amazing what even Christians will do in the name of, well, they know I really need this deal today. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Temptation can ruin our present. Why? Because temptation violates our conscience. And when we, not, not temptation, but when we give in to temptation and we sin, it violates our conscience. And so our peace just goes, Now, we may think we got away with something, but deep inside as Christians, we know what? What do we know? God is everywhere, but God is watching. Yeah, he's not over there going, what what just happened there? Oh, okay, well, missed that. No, no, no. God sees everything, knows everything. That's what omniscience is as a specialty. So things are going along just fine, and then a temptation shows up. There's a magazine something that's on sale that you really want, that you want to buy, you know, out comes the credit card. We're attacked by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Jesus talked about those things, being the thing that can really just upend us, rob us of our peace, ruin our present. 
So we're tempted to look, tempted to take, tempted to become proud and speak, boast, mock, judge, attack. These are all things we all experience. Am I right? And, you know, it goes much better for us when we identify what these parasites are. So there they are. We get worry, fear, anger, temptation that comes upon us. Opens the door for the enemy to come in and rob us of our joy. Rob us and and ruin our present. So why do we give in to them if we know that these things can upend our present? It's because we know what is good. We just have to keep practicing that which is good. Because isn't that the the truth? It doesn't take us long. I mean, everyone is born with an innate sense of ethical behavior and a moral sense. God has given that all to us. Of course, in time, we learn to deceive ourselves. And even the most wicked of people on the planet have a deep, deep sense of what is right and wrong. Now, in our culture today, that seems to be um, fleeting. Am I right? But at the same time, for us, when we do get into this place and we do allow these, these parasites to come, deep inside, we know that giving into these things is not good. So it's not a matter of that. You know, It's not a matter of your friend or your wife or your husband coming to you and saying, well, just stop it, right? You ever had that kind of counsel? I mean, one time, one time I was really, really busy. And somebody poked their head in my door and just said, hey, you know, I'm having this kind of problem going on. And I was just like, well... It's like the doctor, you'll just stop doing it, right? I mean, well, just stop. Have a great day, you know? It does seem to be the easy solution, but it's much more difficult, isn't it? The truth is, folks, we've got to be practicing that which is good. The Bible is all about life training. It's about life training. It's about taking what we know is good and doing it over and over again. Even though we have times of failure, We have times of struggle. We wake up, or at the end of the day, there's that parasite connected to us. Like, have you heard about this kissing bug that's out there? Have you heard about the kissing bug? My kids actually found one in the woodpile the other day. And they dad, dad, a kissing bug. I'm like, drop it! You know? But anyway, they're making a big deal out of it. But anyway, it it apparently carries this bacteria that can uh, can actually kill you. But um, anyway. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. It, it can come and sneak up on us. But we've got to keep trusting. We've got to keep practicing. However, if we do not know the good, then we must get more Bible in us. And that's what I think most of us Christians run into, is a lack of knowledge. Okay, A lack of knowledge a lack of, you know, it talks about vision being something that destroys us. But if you go through the book of Proverbs, you'll find that Solomon is saying, look, the beginning of wisdom is what? Get wisdom. He makes it pretty simple. He just says, if you want to be wise, go get it. If you want to have a life and enjoy your present, then you need to discover ways in which to combat, to preempt before those, those parasites come, okay? And so there's really, I think sometimes as Pentecostals, Charismatics, people of faith and you know, believing in supernatural things and, and whatnot, all wonderful, all wonderful, but I think what we can do is fall into this, this little bit of folly that if I just believe enough, all these parasites will just go away. They'll never come knocking on my door. I've never found that to be the case for any Christian any Christian, of any kind of faith, of any kind of denomination. 
The truth is, we've got to get more understanding. We've got to, we've got to have more truth in us. The more Bible, the more God can do in us. We've got to get more scripture in us. got to get more truth. Because it is what? What will truth do? You know this. It will set us free. Truth will be our weapon. Truth will be that ability to see the parasite coming and rebuke it, to, to combat it, to say no to it by the grace of God. See, the word mixed with faith and grace, see, faith is our, is our um, what we talked about last week. Remember, he says, make every effort to, remember? Make every effort to is our faith. That, in other words, we approach God and we say, God, I know that my lunch was eaten last week. I don't want to see that happen again. So I'm going to put my hope and my faith in you. That's my step. What is grace? That, is grace? that grace is God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. So we take a baby step. God takes a huge step. But it requires both. See, it requires both. And what I have found is if I don't walk in any measure of faith, then I'm going to find those, I'm, I'm so par- parasite-ridden, I'm like a hunting dog with ticks all over me, you know? And that's what it can be like. And yet we try to, uh, you know, rationalize. Oh, well, it's just what being a Christian is. But that's not true. That's not true. The truth is you can walk free of worry. You can walk free of fear and anger and be able to resist temptation and and be able to flee, see the enemy flee. You can. We can. So it's faith and grace. We'll definitely make it happen. And where does that faith come? What are we putting our faith in? The word of God that's in us. So if we mix God's power, God's word, and our faith, we're going to see a whole lot better results. Okay? So if our present is getting messed up. If we're finding ourselves falling into these struggles over and over again, like even in our story, he's got some real difficulties and they've stacked up over time. The consequences begin to build and then finally it explodes. And it's interesting that a lot of times this time of the year is when it seems to happen. It seems to happen, and and I think I've explained this before, the reason why is because this is supposed to be the season of perpetual hope. This is supposed to be the season when you can truly enjoy what God has done for you. But then it comes smack dab into this thing we call reality. And throughout the year, I think sometimes we can kind of go along and we can limp. But it's, 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 it, we really put a lot of pressure on God to say, I want to feel the joy to the world. I want it in my world. You see? And so it comes, it's kind of like the heat that brings the dross to the top. And what do you do with that dross? What do you do with that? Well, God scrapes it off the top and he keeps the heat going. That's how you purify silver and gold. As you put it under tremendous heat and to the top comes the dross. The, the, the elements that, that cannot exist for gold to be or silver to be pure. So God wants to do that and he wants to scrape it off the top. So don't be discouraged when those things come to the top. Just give them to God. Just know that, hey, you're, you're a human being. You're a Christian who's walking in faith, and these things are coming up. Just don't ignore them. In other words, don't just mix them back into your life because God's just going to have to turn up the heat. <laughs> and we don't want that, do we? 
No, 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 no. So what can we do right now? Because this is the present. What can we do? When I was thinking of this, it's like, okay, what, what can we as believers begin to put into practice right now to begin to see a better right now, a better, a, a greater uh, measure of joy and peace in our life as we're in this season? And so the question is, you know, what is Jesus doing for us right now? And, and you know, when we share the gospel with people, that's what people want to know, right? I mean, eternal life is a good thing, <laughs> My gosh, it's, it's everything. But what I have found is that people are not so much interested. It's just like, well, especially young people, because they're not thinking about death at all, really. They want to just know, know what, what can Jesus do for me now? Am I right? Well, he can do a whole lot for us right now. So if you look on the back of your notes, you'll see that I'm giving to you a tool that I just think is awesome. I've used it for many, many years and for my own life, but I've used it in counseling and I'm giving it to you. And it is a wonderful tool because what it does is it takes the word of God and puts it in your hand in a, in a quick way where, where, man, you can begin to fill yourself up with word. You can fill yourself up with encouragement. And, and that's the thing. It, it, in other words, you're armoring yourself up. You're filling yourself with the weaponry that that can help you walk in this life to, 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 to uh, extricate, get rid of those parasites that are trying to rob you of your joy. So when that begins to happen, if, if fear comes upon you, if worry comes upon you, you're tempted to be angry or lustful or whatever, you begin to look at this. So what, you ask this question, what does Jesus see in me? What is already in me that can be unlocked? I'm just going to go through these very quickly. Three categories. I'm accepted. Because that's, those, these are the kind of lies that come, the enemy want. When we, when we struggle, the, follow, the, the thing that comes immediately after is, well, I just blew that. I now have this parasite on me, robbing me. Because when you sin, when you struggle, what comes immediately after that is guilt, right? That sense of shame. You want to feel like you want to give up. Oh, I can't change what's going on with me. Well, this is what's true. This is what can help you right now, is knowing you are accepted by God. That's never going to change. Check this out. Going down through these verses. I'm God's child. I'm Christ's friend. He's reached out to me. He's right there. I've been justified. In other words, that when it comes to my sin, that's already been taken care of. The act of the judge, the gavel's already come down and said, you are innocent, completely free. I'm united with the Lord, and I'm one with him in spirit. He understands exactly what's going on. We're, when you walk throughout your life, your, your life doesn't belong to you anymore. You're walking with him step and step. And he's ready to help you get back on track if you feel that you've wandered. I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. When, it, when you talk about acceptance, wow. We've been grafted into the family of God. I'm a member of Christ's body. Can't get any closer than that. I am a saint. I've been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Ooh, that's a good one, isn't it? By the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is right there, ready. We've got the red hotline phone through prayer to just say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Help you to, help, ask you to just take away this fear inside me right now. It's, it's ruining my time. I want to be able to go to this party. I want to be able to enjoy this fellowship. I know I need to be a part of a small group. And how many people don't get involved in a small group because they fear 
what people are going to think about them. Or you're going to fear, you fear, you know, being, getting close to people. This is a very common thing, I find, especially among, uh, uh, among guys. But God can help you with that. So you can push past it. And what I have found, you know, and I'm, I'll just be honest with you, I don't like large crowds. I'm like a lot of people that way. I just don't. I don't like it to get into large crowds. And, and when it does, I just kind of like, you know, I get a little nervous. I don't really like that. <laughs> it's funny that God made me a pastor, right? How about that? But that's just, you know, it, all it is is just a, a, uh, a lining of, of like plastic. It's a, it's, a, it's a transparent barrier that all we have to do is just walk right through it. And on the other side, you're glad you went. Here, here's an example. When Andrew and I first got married, she said, hey, you know, I'm like, hey, let's, let's go do this. She said, no, let's tell you what. What would really be wonderful if we go to the symphony? And I'm going, huh? Why can't we go to a football game? No, let's go to a symphony. And I'm like, boring. Don't want to do that. I and mean, I remember just being all agitated. I'm like, ah, I want to go to that. But because I love my wife and I knew it was for hard, I said, okay, I'm going to go with you. So I remember just dragging in, sitting down and just saying, well, this is going to be an hour of my life wasted. Until this guy named Joshua Bell walked on the stage. You may not know who Joshua Bell is, but he's actually one of the most talented violinists on the planet. And matter of fact, we saw him when he was only like 20, 21, 22 years old. And when he walked on the stage and started to play, I was just like, dear God in heaven, Wow. I remember I was weeping. This guy was so good. And I was, remember leaving and just saying, I enjoyed that. Now, not to say I wouldn't have still liked a football game, but that was good, you know? But I had to push past the fear. I had to push past something that was agitating inside my spirit in order to be able to experience something that was wonderful. That's just an illustration. But how about those small groups? How many, how many spiritual experiences could you have if you went on that retreat? If you went to that small group, if you decided to actually come to church every single Sunday instead of once a month, I find people, these phobias can jump on us and they keep us from the things that God wants us to have. But I've been redeemed. I've been forgiven of all my sins. And I am complete in Christ. I'm accepted. I'm secure. And this gets into some of the stuff that I'm just talking about. I'm free forever from condemnation. You know, condemnation is the thing that is so keeps Christians down. You feel condemned after you sin or after you struggle. The truth is we all struggle. We all have our different phobias. We all have our different... And the thing of it is, is it's so spread out creatively, you know? And to think that you're the only one is just a lie from the pit of hell. We need one another. We can be secure. God has made us secure. I'm assured of that all things work together for good. Even our failures, even our struggles. I'm free from any condemning charges against me. When Satan comes, Jesus steps in front of us, and I love that idea. When, when the Satan comes to bully us, Jesus steps in front and says, uh, I got this. Back off. I already whipped your tail. What are you doing back here? I cannot be separated from the love of God. Nothing can separate is what the Bible tells us. Isn't that awesome? I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I'm hidden with Christ in God. So there is no darkness. There is, and, and if we could just get that revelation that my whole life is just right there. It's like Adam and Eve when our little attempts to try to hide from God 
are really silly. It's like Adam and Eve trying to hide behind the bush, and God says, where are you? You know, <clears throat> God sees us. We can't hide from God. I'm confident that the good work that God has begun in me will be perfected. Oh, now there's a good one. God has called you. He's anointed your mind. If you have any understanding of Christ, if you have any, as what Paul was saying is, look, you know, be like-minded with me. Follow me. I'm experiencing wonderful things. If you haven't even an, an understanding of the works of God, then you're well on your way to wonderful things. I'm a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of p- fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's a powerful verse. Have not been given a spirit of fear. Fear is not of God, okay? Now, there's certain kinds of fear that are good, like we should fear walking across five lanes of traffic. Yeah, that's not a good idea. But the kind of fear that paralyzes us, that's not from God. But God has given us power to overcome. God has given us love to be able to face those fears. And, of course, a sound mind. And that's a very powerful truth right there. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. God is not ready to beat us up. He doesn't have a hammer. There's no fundamental God that's up there saying, unless you're perfect, you cannot approach me. Wrong. He knew that you and I were completely imperfect. That's why he came and died. And that's why he continues to work in us. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Amen? Cannot touch me. Then finally, I'm significant, and this is good too. I'm the salt of the earth. And what is salt? Salt is a powerful agent. Changes it. Wherever I go, I should be the one transforming the situation, not the other way around. When I walk into the room as a believer, I should be able to be the one that touches things, that anoints things, that, that has a significant... And, 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 you know, and if it's not, then we need to understand that we are. If, if that, that's one of those truths that unless we know it, it is an untapped gift, okay? I'm the branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. And I like that one, don't you? It's like, from me will come sap. <laughs> from me will come life. The things that are attached to me can receive the anointing of God through my life. That's your family. That's your workplace. That's every aspect of your life. Most of us think that we're just a chopped off, dying branch that we just hope one day we'll make it to heaven. When the truth is, no, 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 we're always connected to him. Always. We can't let our struggles hold us back. I've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I'm a personal witness of Christ. I'm God's temple. Let me back, back up to that other one. All of us have a witness. Do you know what your witness is? Do you know your testimony? If somebody were to say, look, could you write it down in a paragraph about three or four sentences? Can you write that? What is your story? And how can you tell somebody about what Jesus did for you and what he's currently doing for you? What did he save you from? And what did he save you to do? Do you know what that is? If you don't, you need to figure that out because God wants to use your message because you are significant. He saved you for a reason. Okay? You're one of the bulbs on the tree and you're going to shine brightly if you're plugged in. You know? Nobody likes that old scraggly plug there that's just sitting there and all that one needs to go, you know? I'm a personal witness of Christ. I'm God's temple. There, that's huge, isn't it? I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
When we think in those terms, we think of our lives so much different, more, you know, differently. I'm a minister of reconciliation for God. I'm supposed to be going out into the world telling people about the message and, that, and the things that I've, I'm experiencing. And, and what that means is that I've got a, I, I'm very significant. I've got a huge amount of significance on my life. And that, I tell you what, that is so many people suffer with that, that they do awkward things to try to get significance. But the truth is, in God, it's, it's, it's so flipped around. It's on the complete other side. In other words, nowhere do you find on this planet or in this universe where God comes to a person who would be completely a cast off with humanity. In a caste system, the bottom. In a society of, of, of the wealthy and the beautiful and, the, and the, the chosen ones. Nowhere do you find, not in Islam, not in Buddhism, nowhere do you find, only Christianity takes somebody who would be cast off and say, you are chosen. You are special. You have everything that is offered from heaven. And that, whew, that's powerful stuff. If we'll just get a hold of that. I'm God's co-worker. Whoa, I'm called to work with God shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand? Absolutely. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. Not there yet, but my name is there. I got a spot. I'm God's workmanship. And that's awesome right there, isn't it? Workmanship. That means God is committed to us. It says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And I've always liked that word finisher because I think in terms of an artist or a craftsman that is working on us. God is, is constantly, it's kind of like that clay and the master who's constantly working that. Doesn't that amaze you to watch artisans do that? I, just, I could watch that all day long and just see that and how they're shaping that and turning into this beautiful bowl or vase or whatever. That's us. God is constantly shaping us. And if we'll just stay put, if we'll just stay on the potter's wheel, right, he can shape us and finish us, get us to the kind of beauty and craftsmanship that he, he wants us to, uh, to, to display. I may approach God with freedom and confidence, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Folks, that's what I'm talking about is getting more word in us. And I just read it to us right there. I just read it, but I want you to take those verses. I want you to hold on to them all through the holidays. I want you to pull them out. Matter of fact, start your day and just go down through them and say, I am accepted. I am significant. I am called of God to be salt and light. Amen? And, and don't let those parasites come because they're there to ruin your present. The enemy knows who you are. The truth is, we don't know who we are. So it's like, I hate to use this illustration, but if the enemy comes up to arrest us, if he comes to chain us, to take us into custody, if you don't know who you are, then you're just like, well, okay, take me. I, I mean, I'm going to believe you. Because that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He, he threatens us because he's assuming we don't know who we are. But the moment we stand up and say, oh, wait a minute. I'm a child of the king. I mean, I'm family here. You got no rights. You know, none. You can't seize me. You can't take my stuff. You can't rob me of anything. 
especially my joy. Amen?